relatives, then stooped over and picked up their luggage. One tiny bag each. That was all they'd been allowed to bring. They made their way to the doors. The others were leaving, too, shuffling awkwardly down the length of the truck. Their movements were slow and laboured, like old people, though none of them was more than thirty. When they reached the doors, they stopped, blinking as the harsh light outside flooded into their faces. The lorry was parked in the centre of a large garage. It was the middle of the night, but the garage was illuminated by rows of fluorescent tubes suspended on chains from the ceiling. There was an underlying smell of petrol and engine oil, with the reek of strong Turkish tobacco superimposed on top of it. Three men were waiting on the floor of the garage, a few metres away from the lorry. One was in his fifties, a short, thick-set man, conservatively dressed in an expensive charcoal-grey overcoat. He was sucking on a cigar the smoke curling up around his head and drifting away into the darkness above the steel rafters of the garage. His two companions were younger, mid-twenties, and taller. They were both wearing suits and open-necked silk shirts, gold chains dangling from their necks. One had a thick moustache, the other a close-trimmed beard. The curd stared down at the three men, bewildered, disorientated by the strange surroundings, waiting for someone to tell them what to do. In the course of their journey, cooped up together like animals, and treated little better, they seemed to have lost the ability to think for themselves. The man in the overcoat waved his cigar, saying something to the young men beside him. They stepped forward, gesticulating angrily with their hands, beckoning the people down off the lorry. "'What are you waiting for?' the man with the moustache yelled in Turkish. "'Get down here, now!' Falteringly, their bodies still weak from their confinement, the Kurds began to climb down, lowering themselves first to the edge of the truck, their legs dangling in space, then dropping down the last few feet to the garage floor. Their clumsy, lethargic pace irritated the lorry driver, who put his boot into one man's back and gave him a violent shove. The man toppled out, his arms flailing. As he hit the ground, he stumbled and fell forwards, sprawling flat on his face on the oily concrete. The young man with the moustache gave a staccato snort of laughter and reached up, pulling another curd down from the lorry. Ismail, helping his wife descend, paused to protest at this rough treatment. Shut up, the man with the moustache snarled. But there's no need for this, Ismail said in Turkish. The Turk turned to look at him. He had the coldest eyes Ismail had ever seen. Didn't you hear me? I said, shut up. Irena pulled Ismail away. Leave it, she said quietly in their own language. But they can't. They frighten me, Irena interrupted. Please, Ismail, don't make a scene. The Kurds were all off the lorry now, standing in a loose line across the garage. One man, faint with hunger and thirst, collapsed to the floor, his legs unable to bear his weight. Ismail crouched down beside him, checking he was all right. When he straightened up again, Ismail turned to the man with the cigar. He needs water, something to eat. Can you give us food? The man with the cigar gazed back expressionlessly. He took another puff on his cigar, his eyes never leaving Ismail's. This isn't a restaurant, he said icily. We've eaten almost nothing for a week, Ismail said. Just the small amount of food we brought with us. We've had no water for twelve hours. Please, you must help us. Hassan, check their bags. The man with the moustache walked to the end of the line and snatched a canvas travelling bag from the shoulder of one of the Kurds. The Kurd didn't try to stop him. 
He merely watched with frightened eyes as Hassan rummaged through the contents of the bag, pulling out items and dropping them on the floor. Hassan unwrapped a shirt and found a leather wallet hidden inside it. He took a thin sheaf of banknotes from the wallet and handed them to the man with the cigar. That's all, Mehmet Bey. Mehmet wedged his cigar in the corner of his mouth and leafed through the money. His eyes flickered back to the curd. You have more? The curd didn't reply. Hassan slapped him hard across the face with the back of his hand. You were asked a question. Where's the rest of your money? The curd clutched his face, blood from his nose seeping between his fingers. Ismail couldn't stand by and watch this happen. He took a pace forward. That's enough. Leave him alone. Irena caught hold of her husband's sleeve. No, Ismail, no, she murmured, but it was too late. What is this? Ismail demanded. What are you doing?